0: You're listening to Clouser on Business. Thanks for coming back. I'm Clouser, your host, glad you're with us today. One of the challenges I find or have found as a business owner and as a financial manager is to know how my company is comparing to others in the industry. Why is this important and where does one find such data needed to make such a comparison and who also uses this data? Hey, I'm glad to have Mike Forsey of Columbia Bank back to help me talk through this topic. Mike's been a guest before on the podcast. Uh, The podcast was the role of a bank in succession planning. You can go to klauseronbusiness.com to find Mike and his podcast. Hey, well, welcome back, Mike. Thanks for having me back, Klauser. Yep, so how's things in the uh, lending world today?
1: That's very busy right now. I think there's a lot of enthusiasm in the marketplace and lots of activity.
0: Yeah, it seems like uh, the economy in general is... uh, you know, growing and booming and a lot of confidence there.
1: I think so. Um, All of my clients are very busy. So, Mm
0: -hmm. Hey, well, we had a lot of uh, good feedback from your uh, previous podcast on the succession planning. And uh, why don't you remind our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background and uh, what led you to get into, uh, you know, the financial end of things with banking?
1: Well, I've been a commercial banker for 21, 22 years or so. Um, prior to that, I worked for the state of Oregon in their economic development department, which really targets manufacturing companies and supports banks in order to help them do loans. And so that's kind of my finance background.
0: Yeah, and you've got a, uh, some uniqueness to your background also. I, I tell our listeners, uh, you know, I try to find something about our guest uh, that, uh, you know, that that's really interesting. And the last time we recorded uh, with Mike, we turned the got done with the uh, recording and he starts to tell me this story about he's uh, a former air traffic controller. So uh, what's that all about?
1: <laughs> well, I'm very similar to traffic control and finance, but no, just kidding. I was an uh, air traffic controller in the Air Force and I was stationed in Germany and it was a great job and great career and uh, had a lot of fun.
0: hmm Hey, well, our uh, topic for today is uh, benchmarks and the uh, RMA. And uh, so... Explain to our audience, uh, from a banking perspective, what you like seeing client or why you like clients setting benchmarks uh, for themselves.
1: Well, I love it when clients set be- benchmarks. Um, quite honestly, that's how a bank, that's how we evaluate our clients is with benchmarks that we establish. That's how we look evaluate our clients. But I love it when clients establish their own because it tells me, first off, that they're a strategic thinker, love companies that think strategically. And then number two, that they want to get better. They want to improve. Mm-hmm. so love working with companies like that
0: yeah and it shows that they're actively involved in you know what they've got their investment in too
1: and that's not an easy thing to do companies are busy they're running around trying to make you know money and do well and you have to be strategic the best companies are though they're strategic
0: yeah how often do you find though and uh you know people they get started in business and then uh, they just take off and they don't think about you know cash flow or you know am i keeping my cost of goods in line or you know those type of things.
1: It, it, it's so difficult to keep that front and center, but I would say that the companies I see that want to become great, that are good, that want to become great, that lack where they're missing is that strategic thought and and just wanting to get better.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, we're talking benchmarks, but uh, banking loan documents often have covenants in them that uh, speak to ratios that the bank would like the client to maintain, and they're and they're guidance ratios, uh, correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct. We, you know, banks are pretty simple. There's quite a lot of benchmarks that are out there, but we primarily focus on cash flow. Does the company have adequate cash flow to service their debt? Then we look at a lot of balance sheet items, but, and I could bore you for hours on all the ratios that we look at, but at the end of the day, we're really looking at is does the company have adequate reserves to sustain themselves when a recession hits? Because even though times are great right now, Mm We know a recession is coming at some point.
0: You, you don't mean things cycle, do you?
1: <laughs> yes, I do.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, so do the benchmarks that we're talking about today, and we'll get to those in sp- more specific here in a second, but do these type of benchmarks differ from those ratios that uh, a business owner might find uh, in the loan documents?
1: Oh, abs- absolutely. There's a lot of different benchmarks that companies could, lo- could look at. Um, they need to look at benchmarks that will help them become a better company. Um, look at all the statistics that are out there, compare and see how you are compared to your competitors. So one quick example, I was looking at a company that manufactures this product and they have phenomenal margins on this product. It's because they have a great patent on it. And we're looking at the fact that they spend 1% of their sales in R and D. Well, the competitors in the exact same marketplace, that are at their same size, are spending 20% on R&D. That's a long-term problem. That's going to be a company that's going to be in trouble down the road if they don't change that strategy. So that's what I love about benchmarks is that it identifies where your gaps are.
0: Yeah, and so for in this particular interest for our listeners, what you're saying is the company that's spending the 20%, they're probably far out head of the curve at what they see coming in the industry maybe the your client that's spending to one percent is maybe happy with where they're at and not thinking too far out
1: he's happy where he's at at one percent but his patent's going to run out mm-hmm. when his patent runs out is and his competitors have spent so much r&d he's going to lose market share and it's going to be trouble his margins are going to go down mm-hmm. so
0: hey well where where can business owners or financial managers go to find the data that we're talking about
1: well, one thing I'll say over and over again is that you should meet with your banker. Oftentimes, your banker will have at their fingertips statistics and, and RMA information. RMA is, is the main website the bankers go to to find um, benchmarks, and they have a great website um, that we use quite a bit. Yeah,
0: and RMA is the uh, Risk Management Association. And, and what kind of data is normally included in these type of reports, and where does the data come from?
1: Well, the data is collected from financials um, across the country. Um, they basically um, they, they put companies together according to size and industry, and it is pages and pages of information, you, you name it, far more than what a bank typically looks at. But there's a lot of information. There's sales growth per industry, uh, you name it, a lot of balance sheet items, a lot of cash flow um, Several pages of it.
0: Yeah. And if I'm a business owner and uh, so I'm looking at this data, uh, let's say I'm in some sort of manufacturing business, but I'm not necessarily lined up with exactly, you know, maybe there's something a little bit different about my business. Do you still use this information? I mean, would it still serve as a good good source of information?
1: I, I think, again, at least being strategic, that's going to help you anyway. But the deal is, though, most companies have more than one industry. There's very few companies that only have one. So sometimes you could take a look at two of the industries that you have, the two industries, and maybe take an average of the two. Um, on the rma or figure something out that way
0: yeah i'm working with a company right now that uh, we're kind of in two industries uh transportation on one side and uh, warehouse uh, order fulfillment on the other the the two uh you know cross very little you know as far as uh operations and um, you know how you know the you know the costing obviously transportation you've got a lot of um, you know tractors fuel labor driver labor the other side's got, you know, primarily labor and in the in the uh, warehouse, you know, overhead. And so it's uh, not always easy, just for my listeners, you, you know, you, it may take some picking apart or, you know, looking at some portion of the information you're getting and then adding it to the other to get a kind of a good indication of, of where you might want to be uh, operational-wise. Well, uh, who normally uses this data?
1: Well, anyone who you give your financials to is going to compare and use data and compare that to your um, peers and your competitors. So sometimes companies have insurance companies that they give their financials to. Um, sometimes companies that are manufacturing they're very dependent upon their suppliers. They're and and they're requiring uh, terms with their suppliers. The suppliers will like to see um, financials, and then then they will also look at the benchmarks. Um, I'll tell you one immediate one, too, is if you ever go through a succession and you give your financials to a buyer, the very first thing they're going to do is look at your financials and compare them to your competitors. And what everyone wants to work with, including buyers, is that they want companies that are best in class. And if you could demonstrate that you're doing better on most benchmarks compared to your competitors, you'll get a premium from that from that buyer, you'll get better terms from your suppliers and better service from your bank.
0: Mm-hmm. And so uh, obviously you, the banker, uh, uses this information. So uh, how do you personally use, use this to approach clients, uh, both good and, you know, you know, maybe you have a client that's doing very well. Maybe someone's on a borderline not doing as well as, you know, you might think by using this data. How do you, uh, what's your approach to the client to help them see all this?
1: Well, I'm a really big believer, in, and, I, and I ask this of all of my clients. I ask them all, let's meet at least once a year, and let's meet in the room with your CPA, your CFO, your most trusted advisors, and we'll go over the ratios together. We could talk about the news of the company. You know, honestly, most companies, they're not going to hit their numbers every single month, but tell your banker that. Um, tell them, yeah, we're going to have something going on here. Cash flow is going to be a little bit tight. Or our reserves were drained a little bit because we bought a piece of equipment with cash. Just be proactive and talk with your banker. But get everyone on the same page is what I would say.
0: Well, and plus, uh, and, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but the reports normally would include, you know, maybe their seasonalities to a particular industry, and that has to be taken in a, into effect. So, yeah, maybe – not every month is going to be robust because of, you know because of certain uh, you know pressures on the you know their industry or whatever or the seasonality.
1: That's exactly right. Again, it shows you where your potential gaps could be, and it helps you divert some resources there. I'll, I'll give you a really quick example. I have a client I just met with the other day. His sales—he's been obsessed with growing his sales. His sales are growing at five percent. All of the competitors in his area and in his, in his industry are growing at about one or two percent. So it's not really a sales issue; the industry is down. Mm-hmm. So now he's devoting more of his resources to becoming more efficient. So that's a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, uh, kind of. This might be an odd question, but as a general percentage uh, of the clients that you deal with, you know, how, how many business owners, companies are are using this type of per- information to help guide them?
1: Well, I think, sadly, it's about 20% or so. Um, I wish more of my clients would um, do this, would, again, be more proactive and and strategic. Um, People are busy, you know, and it's difficult. They're running around trying to hire people and and keep things going. But I would say about 20%, and those are all my highest-achieving companies. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Okay. Hey, Will, uh, thanks for coming on with us today to lend some light to the topic. Any uh, final takeaways to our listeners?
1: Well, I'll just say for the last time, you know, be proactive with your banker. Tell them the bad news sometimes too, but develop that relationship so that he sees what you, what you see and you get on the same page and uh, and you'll have a much better relationship with your bank.
0: Yeah, well, I think both parties are, or should be anyway, uh, success should be the, you know, the same goal for the bank. That's right. With with the company as much as the ownership or management too. Yeah. Well, hey, well, thanks for... Uh, helping us today, Mike. Hey, well, the Klauser Coda for the podcast is one of the ways a business owner-manager can help stay the course, or maybe to learn the course, is to find how similar businesses operate. Reports from the RMA and other agencies is just one way. Thanks again to Mike for coming back with us today. Catch his first podcast on the succession planning. It, it's a very interesting podcast. Well, hey, please tell your friends about us, and if you can, please leave a review on iTunes, tune in, Podbean, and Stitcher Radio that would be much appreciated please leave your comments or suggestions on our website at ClouserOnBusiness.com all for now you've been listening to Clouser On Business